0: People all around us are desperate for hope. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell challenges us to continue sharing the gospel with those in need.
1: You see a lot of people that aren't saved or people that are carnal or backslidden, they'll say, oh, just giving that money over to the church. Wait a minute. If you know what this is all about, you're honoring the Lord when you give. You're saying, Lord, I love you and I trust you and I honor you. Every person that tithed this morning was saying, Lord, I trust you for next week.
0: The world is changing, but as Christians, our directive stays the same. God has not called us to compromise or complain about the culture, He has called us to continue. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, Continue, we will discover key areas of our life that God wants us to continue developing through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. People all around us are desperate for answers and we must continue to take the light of the gospel to those lost in culture's darkness. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chappell with part one of a message called, Continuing in Trust.
1: Well, there is no greater ingredient in any relationship than the relationship of trust. Trust is so foundational in any marital relationship. But trust is also vital for knowing God and vital for growing as a Christian. Uh, We used to sing the song as I grew up, trust and obey, say it with me, for there's no other way to what? Be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. You show me a Christian that's trusting the Lord with their life. And I'll show you a Christian that's happy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Show me a Christian that's uh, trying to figure it out on their own, and there's no joy in that type of a Christian life. And that's exactly what God teaches us. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jeremiah 17 and verse 7 says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. And so God says, if you want to be blessed, if you want to have happiness or joy, then you're going to need to learn how to trust in me. Now, the devil is doing everything he can in today's society to break trust down. He wants to break up the trust between a husband and wife. He wants the wife doubting and he wants the husband doubting and he, he does not want God's children trusting in the Lord. He wants us to rely on the arm of our flesh. He wants us to trust in our own understanding. And, and that, that is the case when you go back and study Bible history and you, you look at the Garden of Eden. And you'll find that fundamentally what was Satan doing with Eve in the temptation? he was challenging Eve concerning the fact that he said God was not trustworthy. He said, God's trying to hold back some blessings from you, Eve, and if you'll partake of that fruit, you'll really, have, uh, uh, you'll really have a greater life just trusting in yourself. And this is what Satan was attempting to do with the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 when he said, if thou be the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. And uh, he was saying, look, at, obviously God the Father is not providing for you. It's time that you learn how to trust in yourself. And essentially that's what Satan tells you and tells me. You can't trust God. He's going to let you down. You've got to have a good plan. You've got to have a plan B. You've got to make sure that you're covering all the bases for yourself. And you've got to work it out on a calculator. And you've got to work it out uh, according to your best laid plans. And we're not speaking this morning against uh, human wisdom. We're not speaking this morning against using common sense. But we're also saying today that if all you're relying upon is your common sense, then you're not a blessed man. You're not a spiritually growing woman until you learn how to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, how does that happen? How do you continue in a life of trust? I want to give you three ways this morning that you can continue with a life of trust. Notice, first of all, God wants us to trust with surrender. Trusting God means that we will live a life of surrender. Now, notice what the Bible says here in verse number five. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. And I want you to notice right away the person of our trust. The person of our trust. It says, trust in the Lord. The word here is Jehovah. And this is the name that is used to speak of God as a living eternal being. Uh, It is significant because uh, God is calling us not to trust in a denomination, not to trust in a religion. He says, I want you to trust in me. And you know, I meet a lot of people who have religion and they trust their religion and they trust in their denomination. And yet that's not the call this morning. The call is not trust the church. The call is not trust a priest. The call this morning is a personal call to trust in the Lord God Jehovah. Why? Because he is eternal and he is never changing. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know if you found this out, but people change and religions change, but Jesus never changes. Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord and I change not. Years ago, there was a little rock and roll song and it said, lean on me. Remember that song, lean on me? And I want to tell you something. You can lean on that that rascal all you want but he'll probably fail you you can lean on that gal all you want, but God is saying, look at, I don't want you to put your trust in this individual or that individual. I want you to trust in the one that never changes. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He has said, and ha- shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God says, hey, I want to be the person that you trust in. Andrew Murray said God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life that is wholly yielded to him. The person of our trust must be the Lord God of heaven. But notice, secondly, the place of our trust. God says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now, the word trust means uh, to be secure, to feel safe. It is the opposite of worry. Trust is is a place of confidence. The place of trust is a confident place. Larry Burkett once wrote, we tend to look at the future with anxiety and worry. God says worry is a sin. What is worry? Taking on a responsibility that belongs to someone else. God says, I want you to live in a place of confidence. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God says, I want to be the person you look to. And I want to be the place of confidence for you And I want to tell you something my friend You can put your confidence in the stock market If you want You can put your confidence in real estate If you want You can put your confidence uh, in a company if you want But God says I want to do better than that For you Notice thirdly the process of our trust The process of our trust Someone says alright Pastor Chappell, I, I I understand I need to trust the Lord In a greater way I recognize that But how does that work? How does that work? Well, notice what the Bible says in verse 5 again. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now before I show you the process, let me ask you this question. How many of you can say, and don't lift your hands, how many of you can say this morning, Pastor Chapel, I am fully trusting God in every area of my life today. I am fully trusting God in every area of my life today. You see, the fact of the matter is God wants us to put our full confidence in Him. He wants us to acknowledge Him in every way. But is that happening in your life today? How does that happen in someone's life? Well, let me give you three thoughts today on the process of what it means to really trust God. First of all, someone that trusts God is dethroning self. The Bible says in verse number five, these words, and I want you to hear it. He says, uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. The word lean implies uh, that we're supporting ourselves. And and God says, I don't want you to lean under your own understanding. Proverbs 28, 26, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. And you see, when someone truly trusts God, when someone leans on the Lord, they're saying, Lord, you are Lord, you are master. I'm not going to be the master of my life any longer. It is a dethroning of self. Secondly, It is the acknowledgement of God. For verse 6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. Would you say that with me please? In all thy ways... In your friendships, acknowledge Him. In your dating, acknowledge Him. In your purchases, acknowledge Him. In every decision, acknowledge Him. God says, here's how you trust Me. First of all, you've got to let Me have the throne of your life. Secondly, you've got to acknowledge Me in every decision that you are making. And thirdly, He says, I want you to follow Me. He says, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths now if you're taking notes the word direct means to smooth out And to lead along. God says, if you will acknowledge me, I'm going to smooth out your path. Now, you don't have to acknowledge God. You can go ahead and date that unsaved guy, but it's not going to be a smooth path. You don't have to acknowledge God. You can go ahead and get that 21% interest loan uh, and just get that possession that you had to have, but it's not going to be a smooth path. God says, I want you to learn how to acknowledge me, how to pray, how to seek my counsel before you make that decision. Decision, Corrie Ten Boom, who spent much time in prison uh, during Hitler's regime and murderous uh, time of world history. She wrote during her time in prison, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God as she was in hiding. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Someone says, but if I trust God, I'm going to be destitute. It's going to be terrible. I, I can't trust God uh, in that way you're preaching about this morning. Oh, listen, my friend, God will take care of you and God will bless. And God says simply, I'm going to straighten out your path along the way. Spurgeon said, nothing binds me to my Lord like a strong belief in his changeless Love. Hey, I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you believe God loves you this morning? One of the missionaries went to a leper colony and was in the leper colony leading singing, and they had a weekly ministry there. And as they were asking for favorites, the missionary looked into the face of one of the ladies, and as she turned his way, he had never seen anyone so disfigured. She did not have a nose. She did not have ears, her eye sockets were sunken. Her face had literally been eaten away by the disease. And as he asked for favorites, she lifted up a hand that had no fingers. And she says, oh, I have a favorite. Could we sing the song, Count Your Blessings? I love that song, she said, Count Your Blessings. Someone says, oh, Pastor Chapel." When I get everything really straightened out with my health and my finances and my relationships, then I'm going to really trust in God. Why don't we learn to trust God where we are right now today? Why don't we come to that place of saying, I'm just going to start acknowledging the Lord right here and right now. You know, Ephesians 5 and verse 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear Children, let's say that together, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Dear children. My wife teaches the fourth grade girls, and, and she loves teaching those girls, and every Saturday night she makes some kind of food for those girls, every Saturday night. And every Saturday night, I try to taste some of it, and every Saturday night she slaps my hand away just like that. And, uh, and, and those children just love serving the Lord. She likes to teach fourth grade girls because they listen and they believe God. They believe that God is great, and God is the Creator, and God is the Savior. and They just really take it into their hearts. And God says to us uh, thick-skinned adults, I want you to follow me like those little kids follow me. I want you to have faith like that. I can take my grandchildren, I can put them up on top of the car, and I can say, hey Chandler, jump, and boy, you'll just fly right into my arms. You know why? He trusts me. God says, I want you to trust me like a little child trusts me. I want you to lean on me, not on yourself. And if we're going to continue as a church, if we're going to continue as mature believers, we can't get to the place where, oh, hey, I've got it all figured out and I've got my plan. We've got to continue to bring that plan before the Lord and say, Lord, try my heart and search and know it. Lord, is there any way you want to change this? Because I don't want to trust myself, Lord. I want to trust you in all these ways. God says, I want you to trust me with surrender, with surrender. But notice, secondly, he wants us to trust him with sincerity, with sincerity. You see, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I believe in God. Yep, I've got a bumper sticker. It's got a fish on it. My money says in God we trust. I'm a good Christian. And it's just kind of in the general sense. But God says, I want you to make it personal. Look, if you would, please, at verse 7. The Bible continues in this theme when it says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bone. So God says, first of all, I want you to be sincere in humility. Be not wise in thine own eyes. You know, the fact of the matter is that we all grade ourselves on a grading curve. Oh no, I trust in God. That's right. In God we trust. I, I trust in God. But God says, let's dig a little deeper. God says, are you really humble in your spirit? Be not wise in thine own eyes. Romans 12 and verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that thinketh that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. I- I'm saying there are some this morning who would testify, Oh, I'm trusting in God in every area of my life. But in reality, there's some areas we all hold back. In reality, there's some areas that we want to tell God how it's going to happen. There's just something about the autonomous human spirit, the human nature that we possess that wants to hold certain areas, and we're going to tell God how it's going to be. We're going to tell God uh, how the career is going to be and how the family is going to be and who we're going to date, and all these decisions, and some of them we let God have his way, and some of them we want to direct our own paths. There's something in all of us that wants to say, hey, I know how to handle this. You don't need to tell me this, God. I've can. i got this one covered. Now, I'll trust you, and when I have an emergency and I'm in the hospital, then I'm going to really call you. But right now, I'm good. I've got all this taken care of. You see, God says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Notice he says there also in verse 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. That means to respect. This is the antidote for pride. It means to have an awesome view of God. It means to have a big understanding of God. Proverbs 16, 6, By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. Hey, why is it that some men just persistently, continually sin? You say, well, maybe they're not saved, and that certainly could be the case. And another reason may be they simply don't have a fear and awe of God in their heart. They know how to handle things, they say. I can handle a certain amount of alcohol. I I can handle a certain amount of sin. I can handle it, God. And when I get into trouble, I'll trust you on it. But until then, I've got my plan working just fine, men would say. William Carey said to place on his tomb, the missionary to India upon his death, a wretched, poor, and helpless worm On thy kind arms I fall. You see, all of us would be wise this morning if we would say, Lord, you are awesome and perfect and wonderful. And without you, I am wretched and poor and miserable. And Lord, I want to trust you with my life. I want you to lead me with my life. And so he says, be sincere in humility. And the fact of the matter is that oftentimes those of us who have been saved a while and those of us who have some standards and we believe in separation, we can get to thinking, boy, I am a self-made Christian. I mean, all these other people, they've really got to grow and they've got to know some things. But I myself, I've got it all together. Hey, the fact of the matter is you better be careful of that pride because the fact is that pride goeth before destruction. Don't put your pride in your little standards. Don't put your pride in your pedigree. Don't put your pride in how long you've been a Baptist. There is one place that you ought to trust, and it's not yourself. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sincere in humility. Secondly, be sincere in obedience. Be sincere in obedience. Now notice verse 7. He says, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs fourteen sixteen. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. You see, someone said, Sow holiness and reap happiness. And when you fear the Lord and depart from evil, when you sow that holiness, you're going to reap that happiness, but you must trust the Lord with a sincere heart. And so we trust with surrender, and that is surrendering my will to His will. And we trust with sincerity, and that is moving from pride To humility sincerely honestly trusting the Lord I ask you again are you trusting the Lord in every area of your life today are you willing to let him alter your path if you've not been trusting him then I want you to notice finally this morning God says I want you to trust me not only in surrender not only in sincerity I want you to trust me in your stewardship I want you to trust me in your stewardship. And it seems like this is really where the rubber meets the road with so many people as to whether or not we really trust God. Because, friend, uh, our, our finances are so intimately related to ourselves that you cannot... Trust God in every area of life unless you're trusting God in the area of stewardship. And this is why the text continues. Notice in verse 9 it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Now, if you found that, let's read that together this morning. Verse 9, ready, begin. Honor the Lord with thy and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Larry Burkett, once wrote, God will use money to strengthen our trust in Him. It is often through money that God can clearly and objectively show us that He is God and in control of everything. That's why the Bible says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And when our treasure honors the Lord, we're saying, God, I trust you. I trust you. God, I trust you to provide for tomorrow as I honor you today. When someone is withholding, they're saying, I can't trust God. Why well, am I might go to the poorhouse? why Why? the fact of the matter is I just got to take care of myself. And God says, I want you to keep trusting me. It's one thing to sing. I just keep trusting my Lord as I walk along. It's another thing to prove it week after week after week. And so God says, I want you to trust me in stewardship. Now notice, first of all, we must steward his blessings. The stewardship of his blessings, verse nine, honor the Lord honor the Lord. Uh, With a weightiness, the word honor means. With a heaviness, we're to honor Him. Trusting God in stewardship means that we're saying, God, I believe that you're the owner of everything that has been given to me. The Bible says, every good and perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. My friend, if you haven't stopped to think about it lately, since we're in church, let me go ahead and remind you that every blessing in your life and mine has come from God The air that we breathe, the feet upon which we walk, the job that you have, the car that you drive, the children that have been given into your family, everything has been given by God, and God is the owner, and we are not the owners, we are simply the stewards, and God says, I want you to take care of my stuff. I'm here to tell you today, if you were to say, hey, Pastor Chapel, here's the keys to my car, would you take care of my car this week? I might say, hey, thanks a lot, I'll be glad to take care of it. If you gave me the keys, let's say, to a brand new Cadillac, and I thought, Hey, I wonder how this thing would run out in the open desert. I'm just going to take it off road for a while. I'm going to see if it'll do some donuts out here in the desert. Maybe I'll fly off a ramp or two. And I gave you your car back at the end of the week and you said, what in the world? There's missing hubcaps. There's dents in the car. There's dust in the car. You'd say, Pastor Chapel, you didn't take very good care of my stuff here this week. You might be a little frustrated with me. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, God says, hey, I've given you that car, I've given you that possession what are you going to do with it and i want to be a good steward of that which god has given to me i heard of a preacher that went to a farmer farmer joe he said farmer joe he said let me ask you a question if i gave you a hundred cows would you give 50 of those to god the farmer said sure would preacher he said well if i gave you 50 chickens would you give 25 of those chickens to god farmer said i sure would preacher And he said, well, how about this, Farmer Joe? If I gave you two hogs, would you give one of those hogs to God? He said, now that ain't fair, preacher. You know I got two hogs. (laughs) You see, we're often willing to give to God in the abstract, but not when it comes down to the concrete matter of things. God's command to us is that we're to steward his blessings. He's the one that gave you those hogs. He's the one that gave you those blessings, and he wants us to steward them. We are the managers. He is the owner. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul
0: Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Chapel on Facebook or Twitter, go to paulchapel.com and click on his social media links. While you're there, be sure to sign up for his free Daily in the Word email devotional and take a look at all the helpful resources. Again, that's paulchapel.com. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.